This is Theory of Change. I'm Matthew Sheffield. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, We're going to be talking about the role of misogyny in the Republican Party and the conservative movement. And the person who I brought on to talk to me is Robin Benakia. And Robin is a writer at the website Wonket. And she is right here's her Twitter information right here, Robin Elise. Uh, it's R-O-B-Y-N-E-L-Y-S-E. And she has been there since 2016. And uh, Robin has been looking at online misogyny for quite some time. And I figured she would be one of the best people I could talk to about all this. Um, she used to write a column for Wonket that was called The Week in Garbage Men. And that I, I, I love the term on that uh, because certainly <laughs> there are a lot of uh, garbage right-wing men on the internet. But Robin, you uh, had been covering that subject uh, for a lot longer than your time at Wonket, uh, I understand, since about uh, 2012. Uh, yeah. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about what got you interested in this subject? You know, I'm actually not sure where I first came upon um, the PUA hate site. It was a long time ago. Um, I think mostly like we, a bunch of feminists at the time, like feminist bloggers had found a lot of these sites um, that were just directed towards straight up misogyny. And one of them was PUA hate, which is, you know, where all of the incel stuff first started for the most part. Um, I mean, there were non-misogynistic incels at that point. Um, But this, like that whole uh, aesthetic, I guess, really like gestated and was born at puahate.com, which no longer exists and was taken offline after um, a member of that group, Elliot Roger, went and murdered a bunch of people in 2014. Yeah, and I mean, and that was he really kind of inspired a lot of these people afterward. Um, like they refer to him as a St. Elliot. Um, yes. And make memes glorifying him uh, just as if he was a, um, a Christian saint or, or whatever. Um, I mean, it's really disturbing. And a lot of people, um, even now, I feel like are not aware that this stuff exists. Uh, would you say that? Um, I mean, it was a huge, huge, huge thing for a while to the point where, like, it's been a storyline on several different television shows. Um, Most recently, Evil, uh, the show where they're, like, you know, exercising demons and whatnot, had a whole incel storyline last season um, where, not spoiler alert, um, (laughs) this guy who is evil and, like, a demon of some kind, um, and also the guy from Lost, I don't... Uh, really understand what his deal is, but he convinced this one guy to go and join an incel group and try and murder a bunch of people, but it didn't work out. So. Thomas. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, and, but at the same time though, I think while people may be aware that it exists more than before, they, I, there's, I, I found that there's kind of a similar um, thought pattern about um, the religious right, the Christian right in general, also that people are like, yeah, they're out there, but you know, they're just not relevant um, to anything. No one cares what they do. They're just dumb. Like everyone knows they're dumb. Um, is that, is that something you, you um, from people? To some degree, although I do think that, um, you know, the amount of people that they've actually murdered um, has resulted in people taking them pretty seriously. As somebody who writes about the Christian far right a lot when tweets about it, a lot of times I will encounter, and this is especially true from like centrist media outlets, they'll be like, ah, no one cares about what these people say. They're irrelevant. Um, And like, they're just a joke. And like, why write about them? Um, is have um, you ever had? Has anybody said something like that? Well, I think everyone collect like very few people are trying to justify them, unless they're uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, who was a very big fan of justifying them. But they have had an influence, I would say, on the larger 
uh, right-wing anti-feminist bent more so than probably any other, you know, group thing other than Christianity. So they have like a lot of the same anger towards a sexual revolution, a lot of the same anger towards, you know, women being able to do whatever they want. And a lot of the, you know, there's been a lot of mingling, I would say, even if everyone says, oh, these guys are losers, who cares about them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's, no, you're right that that's exactly how they fit in. Um, and there's a there's an interesting um, book out there um, that I would recommend people if you're interested in in how sort of a lot of this stuff correlates. Um, it's called The Long Southern Strategy, um, and it's by Angie Maxwell and Todd Shields. Um, they're uh, professors at uh, the University of Arkansas. And um, it kind of shows how misogyny is really interconnected with a lot of other things that you wouldn't necessarily think. So um, such as racism or such as um, Christian supremacy. Um, and what, if you look at right-wing politics over time, because uh, it started mostly in the 1940s, 1950s um, in the United States as a formal conservative movement, quote unquote. And in the beginning, a lot of the popularity that they had was racially based, so opposition to segregation. Uh, that was how the religious right originally got engaged in politics, uh, because the government was closing down the uh, segregation academies that they had created after Brown versus Board of Education, or it was going to tax them. And that got them interested in supporting Ronald Reagan. And then after that, um, kind of the Christian supremacism is very strong uh, for a lot of, you know, boomer and older people. And then among younger people, let's say young Gen X and younger, anti-feminism seems a very strong uh, component in what they do. Like they hate feminists. Um, like they're obsessed with you guys. <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. Well, I think what they're really upset about is that, you know, feminism generally one like they're outside of like trad wives and like very specific um you know genre groups generally speaking like women work um you know women have no problems speaking their mind and most of all women are not just like getting married to the first dude who comes along and you know staying with him forever because she has no, because she has no other choice, which frankly, mm -hmm. you know, considering Betty Broderick and whatnot, you would think would be good for them, but. Yeah. Well, why don't you explain that reference there? For oh, those sorry. Um, Betty Broderick was a housewife in the 1980s who killed her husband um, after he left her, but she had put him through college. She had supported him the whole time. And when he left her, she had nothing and wasn't able to, you know, Mm -hmm. function or you know earn a living or really do anything because she had just been a housewife for so long mm -hmm. and you know she had never been able to you know achieve her dreams mm -hmm. and as a result when they got divorced she was screwed and this ha had happened to a lot of other women but a lot of these men really like this idea of women being trapped in this way because they mm -hmm. don't you know they're angry about no fault divorce they're angry about you know, a lot of these things that per it, like permit women to leave. Um, they're mad at things that permit women to, you know, wait a long time before getting married and having kids, anything like that, because they have just, you know, these ideas of how things would be better for them if that were the case. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so a lot of that kind of intersects with, of course, the Christian rights, view of how women should be that that their place is in the home and yeah. uh you know and you should obey your husband and so and and what's been kind of interesting though is that so you do have this sort of intersection of cultures where people who you know are may not necessarily be religious um but they are anti-feminist and they're um, or they, you know, are anti-Muslim 
Uh, and so you're, you're seeing an influx kind of into Republican politics of non-white Christians in recent years. So like, for instance, Donald Trump in 2020 improved his, his voting performance among Hispanics, among uh, African-Americans, um, and among white women um, compared to 2016. And actually why he lost was that he had, he had uh, actually lost quite a bit of white men in his vote. Uh, because they were like, holy shit, this dude is crazy. <laughs> like my friends had told me that he was crazy. Maybe they were right. And it was educated white men who basically left. Um, and that's why he ended up losing. Um, so, but, you know, and, and one of the, we've, we had an incident recently with one of these new conservatives who has come in. Um, her name is, she's a, a, a porn actress and her name is Brandy Love. There's a picture of her on the screen there. She's got her Trump shirt uh, and doing a selfie for everybody. Um, and she is a uh, very famous in the industry. Um, I would say, you know, she's kind of like the, uh, the Jason kid of porn, if you will. Um, and uh, so uh, very well known. And she tried to go to the um, a convention run by the Turning Point USA uh, group, which is uh, this group that basically functions as a propaganda organization for young people and to try to propagandize them with basically Christian nationalist Republican um, talking points and brainwash them. And it's an interesting group because unfortunately for them and people, uh, you know, they don't get a lot of attention from the mass media, but one thing they did become known for was uh, they had a guy, they had some college students wear diapers and baby clothes to protest what they said was uh, childish censorship on the part of liberals um, because liberals couldn't handle disagreement. And so they were just like babies, according to Turning Point. Um, and so, and of course, needless to say, everybody thought that was absolutely hilarious that they were going to own the libs by dressing in diapers. <laughs> and uh, they became national news after that. And But more recently, though, they have kind of been under attack by this alt-right Christian supremacist group uh, who collectively refer to themselves as groipers. Um, can you talk a little bit about that group and what they've been trying to do to Turning Point Robin? Okay, so they um, have mostly coalesced around uh, this white nationalist, Nick Fuentes, like they are all fans of his. And there's been a lot of drama between Turning Point and the Groypers going back to um, probably about 2017, like a few years, actually. Um, this one member of Turning Point was photographed hanging out with um, Fuentes and a bunch of the other, you know, white nationalists. But in trouble, Right Wing Watch uh, showed Charlie Kirk the pictures of them hanging out and he denounced white nationalists and you know they she got severed from the organization and everything so they've basically been like bickering since then and they didn't get along too well before then either but that's been like the main uh issue like that started everything and ever since then the gripers have been going and you know to various tpusa events and trying to cause trouble uh, at this particular event now, Nick Fuentes has been banned for from the TPUSA convention for years, but several of his followers went. And one of the ones who went actually saw Brandy Love and started, you know, putting it out on Telegram. Oh, they yeah. won't put Nick Fuentes into the TPUSA, but they'll let this porn star in. Yeah. And so there was a whole bunch of drama. She gets kicked out by email. She ends up posting about it online. And all of these conservative people are like, no, we don't like porn stars. We don't like what you do. That's actually not okay with us at all. Um, as it turns out, we are really sex negative, except oddly for Ben Domenic. I, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, but Megan McCain's feller. Um, he came out in defense of her saying that the GOP should be a big tent party, but she's also written for the Federalists. So, mm -hmm. yeah, well, and it's important also to note here that um, 
so I'm going to just put on the screen. This is a, a picture that that Brandy Love took when she was um, had arrived there at the at the convention of the Turning Point. This is a student action summit, as they called it. So it's geared toward high school and college students. Um, and she obviously was dressed appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was an attendee. Um, she's got her regular, you know, she, she paid for a, a VIP uh, backstage pass uh, or like granted access to some rooms, but she wasn't a speaker. She was just literally showing up there to watch these awful people speak. Um, <laughs> and like that was too much for Turning Point because, and, and I, I think, you know, the something that people don't realize about this feud and is that, you know, Fuentes, his, uh, a huge part of his mojo is basically taking the Christian nationalist stuff and turning it up to not just 11, like 15 and being like, well, look, you say that you're a Christian conservative. Well, what have you conserved? Look at all these women out here who have jobs. Look at all these porn stars who are, you know, at our conservative events. Look at all these things here. And, uh, and, and by the way, you know, the Bible says that there's nothing wrong with racism. Um, so, you know, and of course he's right. You know, the Bible says slavery is okay. Um, and that slaves need to obey their masters. Um, as a matter of fact, in that in Romans 13, it literally says it's a sin to uh, oppose the government leaders. Um, so, but apparently that doesn't apply to Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> no, it literally only applies to Republicans. That is the law. Yeah. Well, and so uh, basically they have been, you know, going out there to these events and being like, so you say you're a Christian. Well, then how come you support, you know, same sex marriage? Or they'll say that to various people. Um, and like they have no answer. Like, how can you reply to that in an authentic way? Because if you're basing your entire political ideology on, I know what is in the Bible. The Bible is true. I have the objective truth on my side because I advocate for Christian fundamentalism. Then if somebody's just more extreme and more fundamentalist, how can you address that? I don't think you can other than censoring them. Yeah, no, there really isn't, you know, any kind of option there and so they've basically just kicked him out of all of their events because the thing is for the most part they actually agree with him i think on most things um generally speaking the right usually agrees with the far right they just don't want to look too bad um like they don't want to be explicitly white nationalist uh which is where he catches them a lot like he accuses TPUSA, even Donald Trump Jr. of being uh, insufficiently pro-white and has no problem saying that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, the others try and sort of cover it up a little bit. Yeah, well, and, and, and then the other thing is that he does play on their, you know, continual, you know, they brand themselves as, oh, we're against cancel culture. We're against censorship. Well, if that's true, you got to let this dude into your convention then because uh, are, are, don't all voices have to be heard in this marketplace of ideas? Uh, and like, and, and they have nothing to say to it. Like these, these people. Like conservatives don't ever get in trouble for hypocrisy. Like they don't. Yeah. Well, cancel culture or whatever you want to call it, trying to ban people and various things since the dawn of their entire ethos. And you know, it's different because, you know, as long as you're not banning people for reasons that they don't like. Yeah, that's fine. And they don't in general, they don't get in trouble for any kind of hypocrisy from their people. No. Yeah. But what about in the mainstream press? I, I would say that that's even true there, too. Like, when have you seen Republicans asked about, you know, well, like this Randy Love thing? I mean, it was all over Twitter this week in the weekend. Uh, but there weren't any stories in the mainstream media about it. Um, like this is a significant story as it relates to the Republican, you know, Christian nationalist movement. And they didn't even talk about, it. I mean, why wouldn't you talk about a story about porn stars yeah. and, and, you know, right wing bigots? Like that's an awesome story. <laughs> like they don't want to embarrass people. It's like, there's like a, 
it's like there's like you know there's only so far you can go to their faces about mm. things. Like you can't actually you know uh, for some reason I don't know why I would probably ask um, harder questions, but you can't directly say like so. What's the problem with porn stars? Why do you guys hate porn stars? Um, because they don't really want to answer that question. They don't want to touch it. So mm-hmm. they're not. You're not going to get an interview with them, I guess, if you ask them. About- yeah, no, I, I, and I think you're, you've hit on, that's what it is, because so much of mainstream journalism is about access. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't do research uh, anymore, like investigative research. Almost everything that they get is just handed to them by somebody else. Uh, and the problem is, of course, if you're depending on people handing you stuff, well, then you kind of can't piss them off. Yeah. And you have to coddle them. I mean, I mean, it's like... You look at um, all these people like Charlie Kirk, the president of Turning Point TPUSA. You know, this guy never does debates with anyone. Ben Shapiro never does debates with progressive pundits. And like uh, Steven Crowder, who is this right wing YouTuber, uh, he literally got scared of debating another uh, a left wing YouTuber named Sam Cedar. Like he, he literally cut off the, the stream when when uh, he was recently when he was uh, somebody else brought him in to debate with him. Like he, these people are, are cowards and they have no arguments. Uh, and then at the same time, they're going off and saying that liberals are cowards and have to censor people. And also at the same time, they've spawned a generation of men who feel very entitled to debate women <laughs> and other people and are constantly asking for debates. So mm-hmm. oddly enough. Um, yeah, well, although yeah, don't think debate like, is the best. <laughs> well, although but again, like they can't even win the debates where they do have. Um, yeah, no. and uh, you know, and like it's fascinating, uh, like what you were mentioning, like you know, ben, the one person who Ben Shapiro has been begging to debate is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Mm-hmm. Like he will not debate; he doesn't want to debate anyone else. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, he does like debating freshman college students yeah uh, because like that that is effectively the um the intellectual caliber of their arguments like they just don't know what they're talking about and so um yesterday for instance on twitter i did a a thread looking at how this this uh guy who who writes at the federalist and elsewhere he was trying to say that republicans are not overrepresented among people who don't want to get vaccinated and <laughs> Except his polling was like four months out of date, and yeah. then I I told him about it, and he never took it down. He never corrected it um, because that's I, not the point. Like that's not what the point is. What do you? Well, what is the point? What, the point of him is the point of putting that out there is to make whatever point he wants to make. It's not. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It just matters that he you know is making the point he wants to make and can point to something that you know seems like. It's relatively true because no one who reads him is going to, you know, go and say, hey, this isn't true. Pure solidarity, solidarity, if nothing else. Yeah. Well, so um, in the years that you've been covering the uh, garbage men on the Internet, how how have things changed for this group, would you say, since you first Um, started paying attention to them? Well, I'd say like after Elliot Roger there was a huge, huge, huge spike in the amount, uh, in the number of message boards in the, you know, the amount they were like reeling people in uh, and not just incels, but like MGTOWs, men going their own way, red pillars. Um, all of these various groups were, you know, attracting a lot of attention ever since then. However, although actually, would you mind explaining what okay. these groups are? Because you know, not everybody is as... Oh, sorry. Okay. What, so, what is a Ming Tao? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So you've got your incels, your involuntary celibates who are not having sex, but would prefer to be having sex and feel entitled to sex from women. Um, and then you have men going their own way. But only good looking women. You have to so, yes. Oh, yeah. Exclusively. Yeah. Um, they are extremely harsh about how women look. Like more so... But, and they're also extremely harsh about how they look like they're talking about like, you know, oh, two inches of bone is 
on their face is the, or sorry, two millimeters of bone is the difference between Chad, who's the, you know, their ideal Chad and incel, you know, um, Chad is like the ideal man. And so you've got, so you got the really specific, then the yeah. big toes are, uh, men going their own way and they're men who have decided they are done with women, period. Like, but they're not going to be gay. <laughs> no, they're not going to be gay. They have decided that women only want men in order to, you know, support them. And they want to like marry them, take all of their money and then leave. So that's a big thing for them. Um, uh, and so they talk a lot about like how they're, you know, learning to live on their own. Uh, and they make their own meals and they're really sad looking because none of them can cook. And they just basically think that women are evil and they want nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time those guys are divorced and they're like, oh, we know the reality about how women are evil. And the red pillars um, are, you know, it's the matrix thing where, you know, the red people, the red pill people know the truth. The blue pill people are, you know, content living, li they're content living a lie. And the real truth the red pillars know are um, is that, it's actually men who are oppressed rather than women. Uh -huh. And how do they say that? Who's oppressing them? Women. <laughs> so their whole theory is that like, you know, all of these, you know, women say that they're oppressed and everything, but, you know, actually, you know, men, you know, are, exp I don't, who even knows at this point, uh, but there's uh -huh. a lot of different theories as to uh -huh. why. You know, oh, women get you know can do whatever they want if they look a certain way, but men can't. Um, it's generally kind of shallow crap like that. They're also obsessed with you know false rape accusations and other things like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that they they do seem to be, and um, now and and then I guess you maybe got kind of your fourth group, which is your, your white nationalists. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what's the, I, I, I think you could argue that a lot of what we see today in far right neo-Nazi type politics, um, it originated from this. Oh movement. yeah. Um, and so, but can you tell, tell us about the history of how that worked um, and like Damergate and some of that? Well, a lot of the main, yeah, a lot of the main people, um, you know, in the alt-right, alt-light literally came from the manosphere. Uh, and and various, what is the manosphere? Manosphere is like the various factions of, you know, anti-feminist men uh -huh. um, on the internet. And you know, men's rights activists and what have you. So, like Cernovich was an MRA. Um, men's rights. For a long time, this guy Roosh was trying to join. He was like a big pickup artist guy. He was trying to join the alt right, but because he's not a white person, was roundly rejected. And also because of the fact that he um, pushed the whole pickup artistry, sleep with as many women as possible thing. Mm -hmm. which they were not into. They were like, no, women need to be virginal and pure. And you're, you know, polluting all the women by having sex with them. Um, well, or raping them because he was a pretty big fan of, you know, explaining to men how to rape women uh, or date rape women. So in various countries. Um, but so he ended up trying to, you know, be like, oh, I've converted. I'm, you know, totally anti-sex now. I'm going to, you know, marry a nice Christian. And I'm a Christian, so, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fundamentalist Christian, just yeah. like you guys. Um, yeah, okay, well, so... Accepted him. Oh, okay, interesting. Well, okay, so so then what what was Gamergate? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so... <laughs> It's really hard to do that in a concise way. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so many years ago, um, there, you know, there was already a lot of tension in the gaming community because, you know, men felt that, you know, women were having an outsized influence on a thing that, you know, they liked. They were mad at Anita Sarkeesian for um, who writing. Was, who was who? 
Oh, she was just a critic of misogyny and sexism in video games. Okay. And so she did all these, you know, videos, you know, talking about the ways in which video games were super sexist. And the men were really upset about that. And they were also very upset about new games that they felt were influenced by like social justice and feminism rather than just like, you know, blowing people up and killing hookers. So um, <clears throat> I am dying for a glass of water. Um, yeah. So basically there was this, and these were people who primarily were not that political, um, but they became very um, enraged at you know, what they saw was an intrusion of women into a male space. Um, and so they basically decided to team up and expose um, her and expose how it was all just a big lie uh, and that uh, no one wanted to hear what she had to say. Um, and, you know, it, anyway, they, they came up with some stuff and it was honestly not very good uh, from a reporting standpoint. Uh, but, you know, then they kept trying to force people to talk about it in the mainstream media. Um, and, you know, they actually had some success. But as they were, um, you know, getting together and engaging in activism, kind of, they kind of collided, um, you know, not collided, they sort of discovered this, discovered 4chan um, and the 4chan neo-Nazi board of Paul, P-O-L, um, and the people from Paul started getting interested in this too. And they basically made a lot of converts. Um, and Paul itself had kind of originally started off as more libertarian, uh, Ron, you know, Ron Paul type people. And they got basically, because the, the thing that a lot of people don't understand about, uh, right wing intellectualism is that it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and so, Basically, because they have no real ideas, no policies, nothing that they're driving toward accomplishing in terms of serving the public, basically, they're just perpetually drifting ever rightward. Like, that's the only thing they can do because the insane people, they have ideas. You know, they want to uh, make divorce illegal. They want to, you know, like some of them literally call themselves advocates of Christian Sharia. Like, they call oh, yeah. themselves um, and so, uh, and so basically that's where the alt-right came from. And like, that's a story I feel like Robin, um, that a lot of people, would you say, do they know that story? Um, it depends if you're a person who covers this. Yeah. They just say the average political journal. No, probably not. No. I mean, yeah. I think probably the average person doesn't even know all the players in the, you know, mm -hmm. regular game as far as this goes, you know, as far as the whole like alt-right goes, if that's what they're even calling themselves anymore. Yeah. Well, they come up with new names constantly. So they, they do. And the other, the thing that, you know, is like, it, it's really kind of disturbing in terms of mainstream journalists that they, they dropped the ball on covering the, you know, the, the boomer Christian, right. Uh, they never told the public who these people were and what they were up to and what they wanted and what they were doing. Um, and then their children basically <laughs> uh, went and launched the alt-right um, and, you know, all these other splinter movements and whatever they're calling themselves nowadays. Um, and they still don't talk about it really much at all other than, you know, like if every once in a while, like in the case of L.A. Roger, you know, like you'll see some people, be like, oh, holy shit, this thing happened here. Let's let's talk about them for five minutes. Um, yeah. And then let's move on to, oh, my God, did you see what Trump said on Twitter? Um, like, Well, I do think it, you know, certainly became a thing after January 6th because so many uh, people with that kind of ideology were the people who were getting arrested after it. Mm -hmm. so, like, the, there were a lot of Proud Boys. Um, there was Baked Alaska who was like, you know, notorious troll um, mm. was one of the people who was there. And so, you know, I think that when that, ha whenever something big like that happens, there's like, you know, a little bit of interest from the mainstream mm. media um, for a little bit, but like, honestly, keeping up with this stuff is like not the most pleasant of the <laughs> of activities. Yeah. But and, and there's also a lot of different characters. 
Yeah. Uh, and you have to keep like them a soap straight. opera and not a very uh, interesting. Yeah, a really shitty. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so, but the uh, and and the thing also that I think also is off putting to them is that none of these people is uh, you know are are elected to elective office. No. Uh, and so the mainstream press is very very you know Congress or president focused um, and almost to the exclusion of everything else and anyone else, uh, no matter what they're doing. I mean, like in the case of partially why, you know, four years ago, they missed the beat on Trump. Like they were like, who would even like this guy? And that is one thing that I was like, no, there are all these people who are, who like him and will absolutely vote for him because he said he was going to grab people, grab them by the pussy. Like Mm -hmm. that is what they are into and he's going to win. And people were like, Oh no, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, but even now I would say that a lot of people don't understand um, that. And, and and I think this is, you know, pretty common among more centrist Democrats and, and probably even like some of the more socialist oriented people who basically spend their time attacking Nancy Pelosi. Uh, like that's all they do. Um, and uh, but like for them, they're like, Oh, whatever, you know, Fox news is dumb. Like everybody knows it. Um, and it's like, no, they don't. Um, and, you know, and, and to some degree, I actually kind of blame John Stewart for that. I would say. Um, because John Stewart, like he was correct that these people are, were stupid and didn't mm-hmm. have any ideas, but he just, you know, made, he made people think of them as a big joke. Um, yeah. what, do you, what do you think of that thesis, Robin Pinocchio? Yeah. Um, you know, I would say that that's true to a degree. I think he did a good job in certain ways as far as like, even letting people know that some of those people existed, which was, it's very easy to sort of get into your own bubble and like have no idea that these people even exist or are saying crazy things. But at the same time, I don't think he ever really took them too seriously. And they kind of like, they shouldn't be taken seriously in terms of their ideas being considered as like, you know, reasonable ideas in the marketplace of ideas, but, you know, they should be taken seriously in the way that like they are an actual danger to people. Like, I mean. Yeah. Well, and, and, and honestly, like, I think you can see that happening again with the rise of these, you know, junk right wing sites like daily wire and some all these other ones, like, you know, the mainstream press, or, or like Newsmax uh, or OAN, like they just they just think that these media companies don't matter because they're so ridiculous and they interview people who don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and their stories are, you know, they never do any reporting. They just whine and complain about other people's stuff. Um, and so they think that because they're so obviously ridiculous that they don't matter. But uh, NPR just this week. Um, oh yeah, the Ben Shapiro you know, thing. Yeah, came out with a, a study that showed that Daily Wire and other things owned by the company that owns them, um, which is not owned by Ben Shapiro, um, it's actually owned by these two Christian nationalists. Like they are absolutely freaky people. Um, they're they're uh, referred to as the Wilkes brothers. Yeah. And, what, and one of them literally is, he, uh, well, he retired as the pastor, but he was for the longest time the pastor of this cult in rural Texas that basically said that, you know, Christians are the real Jews um, and we're the children of God and we're going to take over America and impose, well, basically, handmaid's tale type stuff like that's who is funding ben shapiro uh and like and then at the same time ben shapiro also has no problem you know getting in bed with white nationalists also um like you know he's repeatedly talked about how uh and now he claims he doesn't believe this but like he wanted to you know commit uh, uh he wanted to have ethnic cleansing in israel and get rid of all palestinians uh out of israel and, you know, and he and then and, and a lot of people don't know this about Ben Shapiro, but he even went on a 
alt-right podcast in 2014 and literally talked about secular and atheist Jews and said that they're they're trying to destroy America. They have a war on Christianity and a war on white males, uh, and they're so terrible. And they don't even believe in, they don't care about being Jews. So basically, fuck them. Uh, you guys can do what you want to them. Um, and like the New York Times and all these other publications continue to talk to him as if he's some sort of credible source. But after doing all these things, like it's outrageous. Um, because they, he's, you know, he's put together. He is in his own way well-spoken. And so sometimes when that happens, the blinders go up and they're like, oh, he's respectable. Therefore, we should treat him as such. Um, I think one of the big problems is that you have a lot of people who really do believe that if you ignore something, it goes away. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you get bullied and they're the teachers who are like, your problem is that you're not ignoring these people well enough. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people who believe that, you know, the more attend these people are only doing this for attention and the more attention you give them, the worse they'll get. However, that is generally not actually the case because usually what ends up happening is that, you know, the, a lot of attention gets put on them and then they end up getting kicked off of whatever platform they were on. So they mm -hmm. have much less influence. Yeah. Well, and the other thing also is that they don't understand that they actually believe the things that they mm -hmm. say. Oh yeah. Like, they think that it's just about trolling you know, owning the libs, uh, but no, they actually do want to make divorce illegal. They do want to make birth control illegal, not, not just abortion, birth control. Yeah. Um, and like they, they want these things and like to pretend that, you know, and, and like, I, I think, um, you know, in 2016, um, the media obsessions over Richard Spencer, the alt-right, racist um, activist. I mean, they, it was just a disgrace. Um, I, I remember reading a profile, and this was in Mother Jones, actually, a progressive. Oh, I remember that, yeah. They, they, the lead of the story was Not Richard good. Spencer is, is eating dapper. flecks of tuna with chopsticks, yeah. uh, and he's so dapper. And it's like, wow, uh, do you not remember what the media did with David Duke when he came mm -hmm. on the scene? Oh, it was, yeah. It's literally the same act. Um, and they just go for it um, and they, and they fall for it. Yeah. I mean, well, this is the thing. Studies have shown um, over and over and over again, that when someone is nice looking and well put together, people are insanely forgiving of almost any terrible thing they want to do. This is, happens with crime. This happens with like, you know, Nazis. If you hear, you know, it's a lot easier to demonize someone if they, you know, seem like a schlub um, than if they look like Richard Spencer and they've got, you know, nice bone structure and, you know, neat little haircut there. Um, there's a desire. And I think a lot of people, especially, you know, the MSNBC kind of people like those pundits and everything to just have a very hard time believing that someone who, looks a certain way is actually bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the flip side also is that they have a tendency to think that people who aren't un, are, are uneducated or poor, uh, that they can't accomplish anything by banding yeah. together. Um, and in, in, you know, and, and when you look at what a lot of, I mean, cause a lot of these far right, activists, you know, they're unemployable. Uh, no one wants to hire them. So they, they live off of welfare, literally, uh, a lot of them. Uh, and of course, they never mentioned that. But um, <laughs> and they, uh, you know, so but and so they and a lot of them do kind of, you know, look bedraggled and, and whatever. And there's and this tendency, oh, well, they, they're, they're no threat. They're just yeah. a bunch of deliverance wackos. That's all. And they're tacky. There's yeah. a Terror, America has an absolute terror of tackiness. And if you're, you know, classy, if you know which salad fork to use, people are a little bit more forgiving. You look like a schlub. You look, you know, like most of these people do. 
they're going to, you know, treat you like that and also think that you have no influence on anyone else because who would ever listen to those people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and at the same time though, I do think uh, just going back to the Brandy love um, episode that we just saw, mm-hmm. um, you know, so she's, uh, you know, she's non-religious as she has said. Um, and she said that she was raised as a Republican Um and so, uh, you know, for me, as somebody who came out of a non-religious Republican background um, after I left Mormonism, now it's non-religious and Republican. Um, and, you know, I, 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 for the longest time, I had this idea that they were a lot more tolerant uh, or rational, that my, my, the people that I was with, yeah. uh, that, that that's, what, you know, that they were like me. I projected my own image onto them. Uh, because, you know, as I supported same-sex marriage and, you know, I supported uh, abortion rights and, like, I was okay with those things. And, you know, and I, I I had this idea that a lot of people who were on the political right agreed with me. And and so when I saw this happen to Brandy Love, you know, she basically was reliving what happened to me. Um, oh, interesting. In so many ways. Um, so I, I really felt sorry for her. Uh, and she still doesn't get it done, I think. Um, no. Well, because I mean, there's a little bit of a battle going on, I think, between like the 4chan Republicans and the usual suspects right now. Like there are these people who really thought that the, you know, the Republican Party is for freedom. They would never legislate morality. And that was one of the things that she retweeted that, you know, someone had said in they're like, you can't be a Republican if you want to legislate morality, which is literally all Republicans want to do. They're the only ones legislating morality. They are completely alone in that. You know, they're the ones who want to, you know, ban same-sex marriage. They're the ones who want to ban abortion. Um, of course they want to legislate morality. Um, but these people have sort of taken this idea that, oh, the Republican Party wants us to have guns. They want us to be able to be racist without any consequences. And they want, and they want to get rid of taxes. Yeah. Well, I I think a lot of the new ones don't even really care about the taxes thing. Hmm. Um, I really don't. I think a lot of them, oddly enough, um, from what I've read, are almost starting to veer to the left economically. Hmm. You know, the whole like Anne Rand thing has sort of seen its day, and I've seen people. Oddly enough, on the Donald, um, that subreddit that is no longer a subreddit, say that they were in favor of a UBI. They have no idea what the Republican Party stands for at all. Uh-huh. all <laughs> um, yeah, all, the, all they know, all is they know a- really is that they want to be able to say racist things on social media and have no consequences. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and carry taxes. Yeah. Um. And to be sexist. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, well, and, 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 and it's, you know, it is really illustrative of the intellectual collapse of, of, of the American right, because like they, you know, it was constructed as a Christian nationalist movement, like William mm-hmm. F. Buckley, the uh, creator of national review, his first book was called God and man at Yale. And the yeah. point of, and the point of that book was to to get them to fire professors. So yeah. For, for which they're still trying to do. Uh, to fire professors who didn't believe in the resurrection or Jesus's divinity. Um, like that was the point of what they were doing to stop atheist godless communism. Um, that was how they started um, and now they've devolved to well we just want to be able to be a dickhead on the internet. Yeah, really, it's like, you know, the cruelty is the point. They just want to be terrible people without anyone being, hey, saying, hey, you're an asshole. Like, Mm -hmm. that is the main goal for almost everything. And, you know, they have various ways at which they want to be terrible human beings without any consequences. But that's really the only thing that unites them right now. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's and here's the thing, though, you know, when I was a conservative activist and, you know, somebody would, would have said something like that, um, you know, I would have been offended at that remark um, because I was projecting my Mm -hmm. own 
perspectives onto onto my co you know my my co uh, conservatives, um, and I really had no idea what they thought, huh? Which is kind of what they're all doing. They're sort of choose your own adventuring it, and mm -hmm. then assuming that everyone agrees with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so can you think of any other um, examples, recent ones, where you know these um, garbage men on the internet have had some interesting episodes besides this Brandy Love thing? Um. Well, fairly recently, the National Review. <clears throat> I, sorry, I was looking for it because I thought you wanted me to send it to you. Um, oh no, I no, I'm saying you you can talk about so it. Go ahead. Basically, about. it was you know along with their whole like you know political discrimination. It was political discrimination as a civil rights struggle. Their whole idea that mm -hmm. oh you shouldn't be able to fire people for saying racist shit on the internet or sexist shit on the internet. Mm -hmm. so the yeah. main way that they you know their the main weight of their argument was that, oh, women don't want to sleep with Trump supporters and mm -hmm. that's bad and, you know, they have too much power. And what that now means is that when Trump supporters try and go get jobs, these women who don't want to sleep with them are not going to hire them. And now it's going to be like their big civil rights struggle. And a lot of the anger from the men's groups is, oh, women won't sleep with us. That's the big problem. There was also in The Federalist recently an article about how uh, they should not have subsidized, we should not have subsidized childcare, not because of any kind of, you know, oh, it's expensive, we don't want to pay for that reason, but specifically because they want women to stay home and raise babies. And mm -hmm. that if you make childcare available, they might not do that and they might not choose to do that. So, yeah, well, yeah, no, and, and actually your, um, that National Review PCA, it was, it was interesting because, you know, it's yet another example of how, you know, everything they do is in bad faith, that they're not concerned, for instance, that on dating websites, black women are least likely to get responses from people or, and Asian men, like, are least likely to get responses from people, like, that doesn't concern them at all. And it's only about their own, you know, dominant group. Um, but then, but then specifically that they were trying to privilege their own speech. Um, yeah. like everything they do is about that because again, like they don't, they don't want to talk to Randy Love to hear what she has to say. They don't want to talk to, you know, uh, they run away from Sam Cedar. <laughs> like they won't uh, mm -hmm. debate anyone. Um, and but they do want their own beliefs to be privileged. Um, it seems mm -hmm. like, and at the same time, they don't want to get rid of at will employment, like which would actually solve their problem. But they know it's not a real problem. Yeah. Well, and, and but just it, it, cause firings would absolutely solve the problem that they claim is a big problem, where they're going to be just kicked off of mm -hmm. their you know fired from their jobs for loving Donald Trump too much. Yeah. And. You know, there is a solution to that, but they don't actually care about it because it might actually help someone else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and 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 that's, you know, you were talking about how some of these newer conservatives have beliefs that are, you know, maybe left of center on the economic front, but they're just running into a buzzsaw <laughs> because <laughs> the elected Republicans will never do any of that stuff. Um, and like even even the ones like like Josh Hawley, who pretends to, you know, have some mm -hmm. uh, make some overtures toward economic progressives, like it's all fake. Like he voted for the Trump tax cut. The Trump tax cut literally raises taxes on the bottom uh, quintiles of taxpayers uh, over in the long run. It raises their taxes. Yeah, it's, it's not a. a, a uh, a tax bill that protects lower income people. Um, it does nothing of the sort. And Josh Hawley loved it. Mm -hmm. No, he doesn't care. All they care about is like, do I get to be a shitty person? What do I have to do in order to achieve this goal that I have? Like, mm -hmm. that's kind of it. Yeah. Well, now, do you think what can the, our listeners and your readers, my readers, like, do you think that they should be? What can they do to help the mainstream media understand some of this better? What would you say if people wanted to help with that? 
<laughs> um, I think just asking people more direct questions would help, honestly, instead of mm-hmm. you know, coddling everyone um, and acting as if they don't actually have nefarious intentions at all. Mm-hmm. I think assuming that, you know, they're always, you know, these actually good on some level it ends up hurting, you know, mm-hmm. the amount these things can be discussed. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that, you know, actually saying what the Republican Party believes in as often as possible would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of that is the fault of Democrats, too, though. They don't talk about oh, this yeah. very much at all. And it's bad. Well, because a lot of Democrats want Republicans to vote for them. So there's mm-hmm. like this sort of bind where they can't insult them because they want their votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I think also that one of the problems we have in our politics is that after the conservatives took over the Republican party, um, a lot of people who were moderate Republicans just drifted over to the Democrats. Um, and so the democratic party has a lot of people in it who actually are Republicans. <laughs> like that's their, their mindset. And they agree with a lot of this stuff, like on tax yeah. cuts and things like that or regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for them to go off and say that these ideas are, they would never go off and say these ideas are wrong. Yeah, they, because, well, um, also a lot of- They agree. Power are, yeah. And they have money and they actually want to hold on to their money, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, and, and so I would say, you know, something that people can do is, you know, well, one immediate thing is that, uh, you know, both your site, Wonket, and uh, my site, Discover Flux, or Flux on uh, um, the internet, we have a, a Patreon. You can uh, visit patreon.com slash discoverflux to help us get the word out. And Wonket, also, you guys are reader supported. Uh, I thought that was an interesting development. Really? Uh, was that a, a decision that you got that you personally were involved with? Uh, you were you guys had ads for a long time. Yeah, we didn't have ads for a long. time. Then you time. got rid of them. Yeah, that was all Rebecca. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I, yeah, I'll I'll have to talk to her about that because I I think that that is you know people need to stop giving money to the corporate mainstream media. Um, like they can't they failed at their jobs. They don't know what they're doing. Um, don't don't pay for subscriptions to them. Like cancel your cable your cable TV uh, because you're you're subsidizing Fox News even when you do that. Like even if you never watch Fox News, they take a cut out of your subscriber fee every month. Um, well, unfortunately, they uh, a lot of the cable company or internet companies uh, charge you more if you just want to get internet. Um, they, they do, they do, but you still do come out ahead though, yeah. um, uh, with not having both servers. They do raise your internet price, but your overall combined price is lower still. Um, oh, but I would, yeah. 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 And I mean, like another thing that people should be doing, I think is, you know, there, so cable companies in other countries are not allowed to have bundles that's what they call them packages Mm -hmm. um where you have to you're forced to buy one the channels that you you know you're paying for channels that you don't want um in other countries they don't they don't have a lot of other countries you can just say okay i want these five channels and this is what you get um like that should be how things are in this country because i think tens of millions of people would not want to pay for rupert murdoch's welfare check because uh, he doesn't need it. <laughs> no, I would probably just get the ID channel. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, so uh, we're coming to the end here. Um, so I will put up on the screen. So uh, Robin Pinocchio is on Twitter. She's uh, at Robin Elise. That's R O B Y N E L Y S E. Um, and are you, do you have any other social media profiles that you want to tell people about, Robin? No. no? It's the only way I can manage. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really mess with that. I can do one social media profile at a time. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> you are uh, one of the many fun writers at Wonket 
www.robinsonmarketingmusic.com. So I hope people can check that out as well. So thanks for joining me today, Robin. Thank you for having me. I wanted to just remind people that Theory of Change is part of a network that I have launched called Flux, and uh, it's flux.community is the address. So be sure to check that out. And then, of course, you can also follow Theory of Change, theoryofchange.show, and on Twitter at Theory of Change. I'm Matthew Sheffield, and I appreciate everybody joining us today.